Heavenly Father, we thank Thee, Lord, for this Lord's Day. We thank Thee that we can come apart from the cares of this world, that we can gather in this warm place, free from the elements, free from strife, free from the conflicts of the world, to be taught by Thee. Lord, we pray that Thou mightest be with our loved ones that can't be with us, Brother Dan and Sister Maria Marcy, Sister Hilda, the Mueller's, Lord, Aunt Maria, Harfman, Aunt Laney, others, Lord, that might escape me at this time. Be with them, Lord. Visit them. Bless them. Help them to feel thy nearness. Help us, Lord, to know how we can do a better job at sharing our love and the love you have for us and them with them. Help us, Lord, to never forget that we have a great gift, and this blessing that we call brotherhood is precious. Help us, Lord, to work to cultivate it, to invite others to be part of it. And now, Lord, we would ask that thou mightest speak to us out of thy word. Lord, open thy scriptures in a place that we have need of and bless us from it. And we will thank thee already, Father, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Scripture is open to the book of Daniel. And chapter 9. So Daniel, the book of Daniel, chapter 9. I'll give you a moment to find that. And I will begin reading from the first verse in chapter 9 of the book of Daniel. In the first year of Darius the son of Azahirus, the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, and he would, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And I set my face unto the Lord God, to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from the precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, to all the people of the land. And the Lord, O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces, as at this day to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, unto all Israel that are near and that are far off, through all the countries whither thou hast driven them, because of their trespass that they have trespassed against thee. O Lord, to us belongeth confusion of face, to our kings, to our princes, to our fathers, because they have sinned against thee. 
To the Lord our God belongeth mercies and forgivenesses, though we have rebelled against him. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his, by his servants, the prophets. Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore, the curse is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. And have confirmed his words, and he spake against us, and against our judges that judged us, by bringing upon us great evil. For under the whole heaven hath not been done as hath been done upon Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil is come upon us. Yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand the truth. Therefore hath the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us, for the Lord our God is righteous in all his works, which he doeth, for we obeyed not his voice. O now, O Lord our God, that hast brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt, with a mighty hand, and hath gotten thee renown, as, it, as at this day we have sinned, we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thy anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers Jerusalem, and, they, and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Now therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplication, and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. O my God, incline thine ear and hear. Open thy eyes and behold our desolations and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousness, but for thy great mercies. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not. For thine own sake, O my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. And whilst I was speaking, and praying, and confessing my sin, and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplications before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Yea, while I was speaking in my prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he, formed, and he informed me, and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I, now, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to thee to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore understand the matter and consider the vision. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people, and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins, 
and to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision of prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore, and understand, that from the going forth to the commandment to restore, and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah of the Prince, shall be seven weeks, and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again, and the walls even in troublous times. And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for him, himself, and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and the end of the war desolations are determined. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and the midst of the week shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of the abominations, he shall make it desolate, even unto the consummation. And the determined, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. The entire ninth chapter of the book of Daniel. Dear ones, as I, as I read through this ninth chapter, some thoughts came into my mind. The first was I started thinking about Daniel. Who was he? Where did he come from? Daniel being led captive, taken captive into Babylon as a youngster was soon recognized by Nebuchadnezzar. First found favor in the sight of, of his captor, uh, a eunuch that was to oversee him and, to ma- and he and his comrades to make sure that they were well taken care of. So he found favor there. He refused as a young man to defile himself with the king's meat. So he basically ate pulse, which is, if I remember right, it's just kind of like vegetables kind of mashed up in a liquid and water. Gave up the good life, so to speak, to stay true to his teachings. And was quickly recognized by Nebuchadnezzar as someone who was different. Someone who had knowledge and had wisdom. He had dreams. He could interpret the dreams. And he would quickly give God the credit that it wasn't he that did it, but it was God. So we know that Nebuchadnezzar recognized him. We know that Nebuchadnezzar's grandson, Belshazzar, having his drunken feast and seeing the hand with no body with it writing on the wall, desired that all of the magicians and the astrologers and the Chaldeans, the best of the Chaldeans, would come and interpret the the handwriting on the wall, and they couldn't. Somebody remembered Daniel. And he promised Daniel a robe and a golden chain and a place in the kingdom. And I wondered, why would... Daniel knows what this reading says. Basically, the handwriting on the wall said, I have numbered your kingdom and finished it. And yet he accepted the robe and the golden chain and probably a scepter 
He went back to his room, and we know that that night, the Medes and the Persians invaded the Babylonian Empire through the aqueducts that were actually designed to flood if an enemy came through, but the king was so drunken that he didn't give the commandment to flood the aqueducts, and the Medes and the Persians allied themselves, came into Babylon, and on that night, they slew Belshazzar with his own sword while he sat on the throne. And Cyrus and Darius would begin to rule the then-known world from Babylon. We know that in this time frame, the same time frame as Daniel, is the book of Esther. Daniel quickly rose to a place of prominence with Cyrus. We know that Daniel rose to a place of prominence with Darius. We know that those that were around him conspired against him. And he was cast into a lion's den. But because of his witness, because of the life that he lived, Darius said to Daniel, your God will protect you. And Darius didn't sleep all night. I don't know if Daniel did. Perhaps he did. The lions probably did. And in the morning, just as dawn was beginning to break, Darius ran to the mouth of the lion's den and said, Daniel, did your God protect you? Of course he did. Think of that man, Daniel. Think of the experiences he's made with the Lord. Think of the the reality in Daniel's mind of the righteousness that he was living out, being recognized by everyone around him. Now let's look at chapter 9. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ajahiris, the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood the books and the numbers of the years, whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, and that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And I set my face upon the Lord to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes." What is Daniel's concern? Daniel's concern is the condition of Israel. Daniel's concern is the spiritual condition of the nation of Israel. He knows that that holy city is a shambles, that the gates are burned, that the entire city of Jerusalem and the nation is a laughingstock to the world. And this righteous man, Daniel, sits in sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments, we have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly And if rebelled, even by departing from the precepts and from thy judgments, neither have we hearkened unto the servants, thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. 
O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces, as at this day to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, unto all Israel that are near and that are far off, through all the countries whither thou, go, whither thou hast driven them, because their trespass and they have trespassed against thee. O Lord, to us belongeth confusion of face, to our kings, to our princes, to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. To the Lord our God belongeth mercies and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. Neither have we obeyed the voice of our God to walk in his laws. We have set before us his servants, which he set before us by his servants and prophets. Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey the voice. Therefore, the, the curse is poured upon us, and the oath which is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. Dear ones, what does that remind you of? Our kings have confusion of faces. As I'm reading this, this could be a commentary on our own country. A country that had such a wonderful beginning. A country that was identified as one that was set up, that from our, from our founding documents, all men are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. God's name was written throughout our founding documents. Our laws, our basic principles were based on Judeo-Christian ethics. And we wonder what's wrong. Corporations embrace what they call wokeness. They're embracing satanic principles. Those in the name of tolerance become intolerant. And we wonder what's wrong. We wonder why there's violence in our schools. It's because we've taken God out of the schools. The history books. Brother Peter shared with me that in one of his grandchildren's class, the history book that the state says they need to use is not factual. Thankfully, the teacher teaches what actually happened. And we wonder what's happening. Under the name of tolerance, Medical professionals mutilate the bodies of people, young people, pumping their bodies full of chemicals because they have some confusion in their mind and think they're the wrong gender. So we mutilate the physical body rather than counseling them through the difficulties and the challenges that they're having emotionally and mentally, which people have always had. And we wonder... What's wrong? Our cities burn. Those that are entrusted with protecting us 
are accused, are maligned, are belittled. And we wonder what's wrong. Well, dear ones, exactly what Daniel realized was wrong was sin is present in the land. And there really is only one remedy. And that remedy is what Daniel talked about. And think about what this, this may, like, if, if you were going to, I remember once years ago when I was a little boy in the old church, sitting on those hard wooden benches that got super, super hot in the summer, like you would, your shirts would stick to the benches. That's how hot it would get. But I remember some things vividly. I remember one of our brothers talking about the Apostle Paul, and he said, if there ever was a hall of fame for apostolic fathers, surely the Apostle Paul would be the first inductee. I remember that. I might have been like eight or nine years old. Well, dear ones, if there would be a hall of fame for Old Testament patriarchs, Daniel would have to rise to the first inducting class. From a youth, he didn't defile himself. From a youth, he held true to what God was saying, to God's principles, as he was able to understand them. And he lived those principles out, regardless of who was in front of him, regardless of what the consequences were. He and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those that went through the fiery furnace, we remember that from Sunday school, the, the song, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three young men lived very long ago. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were cast into the fiery furnace. Why? Because they refused to bow. And what did Nebuchadnezzar see when he looked into the furnace? He didn't see three. He saw four men walking in that furnace. The fourth as of the Son of God. There's a great southern gospel song where this one guy has so much trouble singing it. Ask one of my boys. They'll show you the video on YouTube of this guy that can't sing that, whatever the song's title was. Those were the people Daniel hung around with. And what does Daniel say? I'm sitting here fasting, Praying in sackcloth and ashes. Why? For the sin of my people. Brothers and sisters, maybe what we need to do is we need to fast and pray. We need to fast and pray that, that somehow, somebody's going to wake up. Somewhere. We can't be silent. But I will tell you this, that we don't... We don't um, we're not going to have impact by spouting vitriol like everybody else is. We're going to have impact by showing love, by being caring, by saying, you know, I know why these things are happening. Because we've forgotten God. As a nation, we've forgotten him. As a world, we've forgotten him. These things are coming upon mankind because mankind has walked away from God. But there is hope. I guess I'm, I, there's a verse I'm looking for that I read, but I can't find it right now. So I'm just going to keep reading. And when, I'll read through this again. And when I get to it, I want to I meditate on that. 
Uh, in verse 12, and he confirmed his words which he spake against us and against our judges that judged us by bringing upon us a great evil, for under the whole heaven hath not been done as hath been done upon Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil is come upon us, yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand the truth. Just as, as, we list, as we, you listen to what Daniel's saying, doesn't this sound like our current events? Therefore hath the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all his works which he doeth, for we obeyed not his voice. When we were talking in our, in our Wednesday night Bible studies for the last three months, we talked about the characteristics of God. We talked about the mercy of God, how loving God is. But God is a righteous God, and since God is a righteous God, there is judgment that is part of God's personage, if I can call it that. It's who he is. He is absolutely righteous, and the soul that sinneth, it shall die. And the reason why we can say that a loving God would do that is that loving God makes a way of escape for us and offered his son for us so that we would not need to fall into that judgment. And now, O Lord our God, thou hast brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand. Isn't that wonderful? Talked about it in Bible class. And hast gotten thee renown as of this day. And that, so he talks about, you know, are these people, God, God brought them out of, of Egypt with a mighty hand. He showed up the whole world at that time as to the power that he had and the love that he had for his people. But the people sinned and did wickedly. Has there ever been a nation like this one in the history of mankind? that rose so quickly to world prominence? That could be one that provides so much for the world? Where would the world be after World War II had it not been for the blessings the Lord had blessed this land with? O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thy anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because of our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers. Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Now, therefore, our, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is, a, that is desolate for the Lord's sake. O my God, incline thine ear and hear. Open thine eyes and behold our desolations and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousness, but for thy great mercies. Ooh. Now, dear ones, I am not in any way drawing a, a true saying that the United States is the chosen people of God, nor are we like God's na the nation of Israel. That is not what I'm saying at all. But I'm saying that if we look at Scripture, we can see a pattern. When a people focus on God and obey Him, they prosper. And when they don't, they decline. We see it over and over again. But what I love here in this verse is that Daniel isn't saying that God should turn from, his, from, from the punishment that Jerusalem and Israel were getting because of, because of something they were doing. It was called mercy. It was called grace. 
And I love that, dear ones, because that's what we can share with people. I honestly don't think, I, I, I shouldn't say this, I, I'm not a prophet, and, and I am not going to get into the 70 weeks, and I'm not going to get into the prophecies that Daniel had. I will touch on one more point before I finish, but I will tell you, I'm, so I'm, I don't think, I don't think that our nation has great days ahead of us. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry for my grandchildren. But I will tell you this, that for believers, there is a great day ahead of us. Because the God who was, is now, and shall be forever. As, as Jeff, Jeff, Jeff quoted that phrase in, in, in that movie, The Ten Commandments, where Ramses is sitting on his throne and he turns to his wife, who, who is really ridiculing him. And his comment is, now, this is, this is clearly what Hollywood had said, but he turns to her and he said, referring to Moses, his God is God. Amen. We know that God is a God of mercy. We know that God, yes, God is a righteous God, but God is a God of mercy. And those who will turn from their wicked ways, he will receive. He will in no way cast out. And within this nation, we still have this opportunity to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not just from pulpits, but with a co- across the coffee table from one another. Sharing with those that don't know. Sharing with those that are confused. Sharing with those that wonder why their body is feeling the way it is. There is a God. And this God loves you. And he will make sense of everything that is happening in your life. Don't listen to the quote-unquote smart people of the world. Listen to the spiritual mind that God wants to give you. The Holy Spirit will speak to you if you will just let him. And, and we do that, we do that in, in soft-spoken ways. Will there be times when we will have to rebuke the works of darkness? Absolutely. But I don't ever read in these few chapters of the book of Daniel, Daniel standing up and railing on the king. Daniel was there when he was called in by the king. And he said, O oh, king, Hear the words of Almighty God. Shared with someone last night, you know, where they, they were wondering how can they, you know, where, where people say that Christians are judgmental and Christians are hateful. And, and the sad part is there are a lot that rename the name of Christian, that take the name of Christian, that, that speak hate. That's a problem. But brothers and sisters and friends, we don't judge anyone. The book does. No, it's not me judge. Let's, let's see what God said about that. You can do that in love. And that's the way we should be doing it. So now, I, and just in closing, because I know I'm running out of time. In verse 21. So think about what Daniel's doing. Daniel is so, he's so overcome with the burden for his nation. And, and I... I'm challenged by that. Am I truly overcome with a burden for my nation? Not am I worried about my future. 
Not am I worried about my retirement. Not am I worried about gas prices. Not am I worried about, you know, will the stores run out of whatever. Am I burdened because of the sin in my nation? Not enough. I'm still too focused on me. My neighbors are bound for hell. And I'm worried about gas prices. It's convicting to me, dear ones. But Daniel was worried. And he said, yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening Oblation. So that in of itself is amazing. I mean, this is his second visit, right? Now listen to what he said, what Daniel wrote in verse 22. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. Listen to verse 23. At the beginning of thy supplications... The commandment came forth. Did you catch the timing? At the beginning, Daniel, Daniel, when you first decided to sit in sackcloth and ashes, the commandment came forth that I was supposed to come to you. It wasn't at the end. It wasn't after, God didn't sit there and wait X number of hours or whatever, however long it was. All right, Daniel has suffered enough. Now, no, at the beginning, the commandment was made that I should come. The duration of that prayer was for Daniel. It was for Daniel to understand the gravity, the depth to get in tune with where his heart and his mind was. But God already knew. Brothers and sisters, as we pray, the Lord already knows. The Lord even knows the prayers we're going to offer before we offer them. And he's prepared. He's prepared his servants to meet us in the gap. The question that I have to ask myself is, Am I going to be willing to stand in the gap? May the Lord add his blessings to these words.